0: Hello, and welcome to Priority Status by JPR. I'm Kristen Mahler, Senior Vice President of our Toronto office, and today I'm speaking with Jen Peros, Director of Talent at Famous Last Words PR. I've known Jen for many years, we met through mutual friends in the early 2000s in New York City, and I've always been so impressed and inspired by her. She's a two-time Emmy Award winner. She's been the on-air correspondent and reporter for national TV shows covering everything from the Olympics to The Bachelor. During her time as editor-in-chief of Us Weekly, the magazine had its biggest moments as a newsstand tabloid. Now, not only is Jen an accomplished journalist, but she is a genuine and loyal friend. She's a natural connector, and her honesty and drive are a rare combination in the world of celebrity and entertainment, which is definitely why she's been so successful in creating her path. Listen in as Jen shares her answers in our Five Questions With series, including how she made the leap from journalism to the quote unquote dark side of PR, where is her favorite place to travel, and what advice she has to share with people just starting out in their careers. Hi, Jen, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Everybody, I'm so excited today to bring Jen Peros on the podcast with us. Jen is a two-time Emmy-winning entertainment journalist, and she's currently working in talent relations and publicity for one of the largest international networks of fashion talent management agencies in the world. She's an innovative interviewer and storyteller, and she brings her experience as editor-in-chief of From Us Weekly Magazine and a reporter for Entertainment Tonight, Extra, and Fox News Channel to her new role in talent publicity. Today, we're going to talk five questions with with Jen Peros and learn a little bit about her career transition to the dark side, as we call it, what travel means to her, and a little bit more about working in the celebrity world. So welcome, Jen.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today.
0: Yeah, me too. Tell us a little bit about your background. I know I just gave our listeners a little bit of that, but why don't you share sort of how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I went to college in Northeast Pennsylvania, the University of Scranton. I majored in communications. I'm also from Long Island, New York, which was an amazing opportunity that, you know, when I, during college, I was living home in New York and I was able to intern in New York City, which I think now looking back was such a privilege to have. So for a few summers in college, interned at Extra, like immediately kind of got the celebrity news and entertainment bug. Graduated in 2005, right after college, um, moved into Manhattan, started working at the Fox News Channel as a production assistant. And I think it was like my third week there. I went to my boss and I was like, I love celebrities. I love red carpets. Like, do you mind if I go out and start covering them for Fox News? They're like, sure. We've got no one really here doing it. Like, why not? So that turned into, you know, covering movie junkets and premieres like four or five times a week to freelancing for some of the, you know, glossy weekly entertainment magazines like Life and Style, OK, Us Weekly. And then I joined Us Weekly magazine as a reporter early in 2010. Um, was there for five years, left in 2015 as your news director. And then I went over to Entertainment Tonight, where I was a senior news director and their on-air news correspondent based out in New York. So built up their news team here in New York. Did all, you know, the big sit-down interviews with a really a hard news plug, which was an amazing opportunity. Um, And then I got a call about two years later in 2017, you know, asking me to come and and run and be at the helm of a weekly magazine again. And um, that was an amazing opportunity. Ran that operation for about two years. And then, yeah, like you said earlier, took a leap into the dark side in summer
0: 2019 into Talent PR. It's amazing, Jed. You know, it's crazy. I can't believe how long we've actually known each other for when you were like going through your whole career. And I was like, wow we met when you were in co- when we were both in college yeah. as your friends with my friends from growing up. So it's just so amazing, but wow, you've been in so many different roles and it's really seems like you've really created your own path in a lot of ways, right? Just understanding what you were good at and what you were interested in. And it seems like when you made this leap to change from being on the journalism side to the PR side, like what kind of spurred you there? How did you find that was your next step?
1: You know, I think it was like, you know, the last few years of working in a magazine, at that point, editor-in-chief of Us Weekly, like every celebrity under the sun wants to be your best friend, right? And that turned into, well, can you start doing my PR? Like you're literally giving me better advice than my own publicist that I'm paying every month. Why don't you start doing my PR? It's like, oh, listen, that's kind of a little bit of a conflict of interest, right? I can't be running one of the largest entertainment outlets and be doing celebrity PR like as well. Um, so it just was a few years of, you know, coming close with these people, them asking me, you know, to be their publicist. And summer of 2019, I left Us Weekly, was, took a break, traveled, which is my number one passion in life. And I got a random call from a friend that was at Elite World Group elite world group is the world's largest network of fashion talent agencies so elite models worldwide the society management women management here in the u.s and they were looking for somebody to come in house they represented about five thousand talent globally and they were looking for somebody just come in house and build their internal pr and talent relations team so i was like you know what let's do it. Let's try. So kind of really got thrown into the mix. That This is summer 2019, you know, did all the rounds of fashion shows and really just helped their big talent that didn't have personal publicists. Everything from feature stories, you know, anything outside of fashion, right? Because if you look at some of the biggest models in the world, they're huge in the fashion sphere, in the fashion world, and they're on 20, 20- Boke covers a year, but no one really knows their first and last name. No one knows what they sound like. No one knows their stories. So I was really focusing on kind of building the personal brands of these fashion talents. And then, you know, a few months later, March 2020, COVID hits. Everybody drops their personal publicists because nobody had projects, you know, going on and they didn't want to be spending the money. And they figure, okay, our agency has an in house PR team. Like, let's use them. So it was a great crash course, you know, got thrown into doing PR for A-list celebrities that were represented by elite. And, you know, I was there for two years. It was amazing. And I, you know, took the leap of faith and went off on my own. And, and that's when I started the talent division at Famous Last Births PR in October, 2021.
0: Wow. I mean, it's just so interesting to hear that nugget of like, I'm the editor-in-chief of Us Weekly and celebrities are coming to me and asking me for advice because I'm giving them better advice than their publicists. That's like speaks volume about how you did your business too. And I've known you to always be like this. You're very discreet. You're very much like, this is the path I'm following and very professional. But that's so cool that that's how you got to where you are.
1: Yeah. And I think, again, like, you know, like you said, and I think that's what makes an amazing publicist, an amazing journalist is, you know, just sticking to your core, always being trustworthy and honest and loyal. You and I, I don't want to age us. We've been in this industry for more than like five years now, let's say. Um, And, you know, it's like... The relationships and your contacts and your network are the most important thing that we have in our careers. And that's the thing that we really need the most to do our job successfully. So I think if you are you know, loyal and you stay true to yourself and your core values and you make sure you do that for your clients, um, it's only going to make you succeed a little bit better in your job.
0: Yeah, that's very good advice. It's very on point there. So you're at Famous Last Words PR. You're the lead of talent there. So tell us a little bit about the agency now. So you're a partner there. You started that division. What is the working dynamic like there?
1: Yeah. So um, Famous Last Words is a PR agency that was started early 2020. We are part of a network that includes The Bait Shop, which is an experiential marketing company. And, you know, the CEO and founder there, Evan Starkman, kind of founded a need. You know, he was doing all these big projects for these big brands, global brands, and coming on to create these activations and events for them. And there was such a need for PR from just based on those activations that he was building for those brands. And, you know, he was in touch with so many big companies that were asking him for PR services and he just didn't have it. So early 2020, he brought in a guy named Fred Shank. Fred is an amazing brain, an amazing PR professional that really has about 20 years of experience on the big brand side, was at Porter Novelli, he was at Edelman for years. So Evan joined to really build up the branded leg of the PR agency. And, you know, Evan had been asking me for years to come on board and, you know, why don't you just join me, do PR for me, and build your own agency, you know, within So I figured, whatever, it's not going to work out. And then, you know, a couple years later, I actually was sitting down with him, and we had a serious conversation about it. I was like, okay, let's do it. Why not? You know. And I think too, at that time, when we were in COVID for like a year and a half, obviously the world stopped, but everybody just sat at home and kind of like looked at the hours in the day, and you kind of realized, like, all right, how do I actually want to spend 80 hours a week working? Like, you know, quality of life really mattered at that point. So I kind of figured wow, if I actually get to do this and build something with them and build something for myself, why not? It's now or never. So Famous Last Words has a branded side of the business. And then I came in in October 21 to build up the talent side of it. So we have a robust roster of talent. We um, represent Sean White, who obviously is the five-time Olympic snowboarder, three-time gold medalist. Gus Kenworthy, who is a Olympic silver medalist skier. We've got Dale Moss, most famously known for winning the Bachelorette, a former NFL player and an entrepreneur, philanthropist, who is a dear friend and just an incredible person and talent. Adut Akesh, you know, one of the top supermodels in the world, Kyle Martino, who is the former face of, you know, MLS soccer and and now a TV analyst for Warren Brothers, Discovery Plus. And I guess, yeah, I mean, just to add on to like what I was saying earlier before, like when I first started working at Us Weekly, I remember like the first day that I was working there, my boss pulled me into the office. He's like, what are your passions? Like, What do you really love? I'm like, "The Bachelor, I guess, reality TV and sports. I love the Olympics. I love sports. So that was my beat for 10, 12 years working as a journalist, I was really focusing on sports and just the celebrity and entertainment and lifestyle aspect surrounding athletes and and the sports world. So I've kind of found my niche and, and really just sticking with that and, you know, looking for any athletes who kind of want a little bit more, you know, that need the extra help and whether it's, you know, brands that they're building and they're creating, or whether it's philanthropy, starting a foundation, um, you know, whether they really want to build their presence in the fashion market. That's what I really have found a passion and a love for doing. And, And it's been cool to kind of find that little niche.
0: It is really interesting to think about now how sports, how athletes are so much more than athletes. Like they have a brand. They have a personal brand. The best ones are out there. They're doing so much more than just playing. Obviously, they have to have amazing talent and athleticism, but they're doing all these other things and they're bringing their passions to life. If they're really interested in like supporting youth or they're interested in nutrition or whatever, design or fashion, like those things all come out in what they're doing. And it sounds like you have such a great background for supporting them and your clients sound awesome. And I know I've seen you share a little bit about them on your personal Instagram, but it's just so interesting how you can bring your background, working as a journalist, your passions and personally and bring that to life for them. So it probably feels more like fun for you than it does work.
1: Yeah, it's fun. And I think too, I mean, obviously sports has always has been always sports and it always will be sports. But I think even just in like the post COVID era, like The spotlight that's on these athletes. And like, as you said, you can be amazing on the field, but that's not enough anymore. It's like, what are you doing off the field? And that's what, like, the brands, and that's where you're actually going to get your big endorsement deals. Like, sure, you know, you could shoot a hockey puck or throw a basketball right into the net and be amazing on the court. But it's like brands want to work with talent that have more and that are actually giving back to the community and that are actually cool and have a fashionable sense. So, yeah, it's been fun to kind
0: of like help build that for my clients and build their second careers. So, you travel a lot for personal and professional. You're on the road with your clients, you're helping them at shoots or on site at events or whatever, and you travel a lot with your friends and your family. What's your favorite destination to visit and why? So, a little biased
1: when I say this, but Croatia. So, I'm Croatian. My parents were born in Croatia. They em- immigrated here to the United States in their like mid-teens, in the early '70s, straight to New York. But, you know, I grew up in a Croatian household. Went to Croatia every summer growing up. Any job that I've ever taken, any contract that I've ever signed, i my like, first two weeks of August, I'm out of here this is where I'll be. Croatia is, you know, obviously my family destination, but just as a country as a whole, probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of places, but definitely Croatia has, you know, a special place in my heart and is somewhere that I plan on vacationing for the rest of my life. It's incredible.
0: How awesome to have extended family there. I mean, I first heard about Croatia, I feel like from you, like many, many years ago, probably. And I know that you go and you and you visit all the time and you have your extended family there. But like, I'm sure you have such a different perspective of Croatia and it's become such a popular destination now.
1: It's become such a popular destination. I mean, I remember being younger in school and people thought that I was from Africa or Asia. <laughs> like, where's Croatia? Nobody knows. And now it's just funny, like opening up a Condé Nast Traveler or Vogue and it's like the hottest destination in the world now is Croatia. So it's interesting now that I've been like, you know, telling my friends for like 40 years now, 30 <laughs> years, come to Croatia and now people finally start to want to come and and use the house but um no it's incredible i think just for the country i mean it's obviously been such a tourist destination for europeans but now you know north americans are finally finding out about it and traveling there and croatians we as croatians don't love it because it's just so overpacked in the summers but you know for the tourist economy and just the economy as a whole it's an amazing thing that's blown up as much as it has
0: yeah, and I love your mentality. Like the first two weeks of August, I'm going to be here, and this is my time. It's very European of you. Well, if I was really European, it'd be
1: like the entire month of August. <laughs> I feel like two month stretch. I uh, sorry, a two week stretch here in the US is like asking your boss for a kidney. But um,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was always my role. Well, now you can change that. Being uh, the lead of your your own gig, exactly. So you travel a lot for work. Where else do you typically do you find yourself going these days with your clients? So I'm based in New York, you know, a lot of my clients
1: are based in LA, so I'm definitely there back and forth, you know, enough a couple times a quarter probably. Um, but I would say probably the second destination that I go to the most for work is London. I absolutely love London. I could see myself living there one day. I love the vibe of that city. Obviously it's a huge hub for media and brands and just in PR alone. And also too when I was a journalist for Us Weekly and Entertainment Tonight, you know, I had the privilege of actually being able to cover the royals. So I covered the royals for a few years. So that that was a great excuse to, to go to London a few times a year. But I love that city so much. That's probably my favorite place to visit.
0: London is awesome. We have, we have our team in London. And I just like, every time like they're talking about doing, you know, being out and going to clients and going to events, I'm just like, oh my God, I, I need to get back to London. This is such a cool city. Everything is just a little
1: bit more proper. Mm-hmm.
0: A little bit classier. Yeah. Just a smidge. Yeah. Just a smidge. So you're going coast to coast. You're going across the pond. How are you combating jet lag? Would you have any tips for our listeners? I ignore the thought of jet lag. I think if you focus on
1: jet lag, like that's where you you kind of get messed up, Mm -hmm. right? I think if you leave New York on a Sunday night, let's say, and you're landing in London on a Monday morning, you have to go straight to work. You just have to automatically get on that schedule. You know, if I land in London at 8 a.m. and I go to my hotel and take a three hour nap, like that messes me up for the entire week. Yeah, I just got to drop my bags off, you know, shower quick, brush the teeth and just go about the day normally. So I think if you automatically get on that schedule of wherever it is that you land, that's the only way to do it. I mean, I know everyone's like chug water on the flight or, you know, <laughs> up your vitamins. For me, that's personally never worked. I just got to power through it and make sure that I get on that hourly schedule of wherever it is that I'm landing.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's good advice. I think it's very mental, right?
1: Absolutely. It's like if you got to power through that, you know, late dinner, or like even if you're in LA at an eight o'clock dinner and you're falling asleep, <laughs> it's eleven o'clock New time. Drink a cup of coffee.
0: Yeah, get that espresso martini. Just force yourself to stay awake. Yeah, the news cycle doesn't stop, so you have to be on. Exactly. Okay. So we can have two more questions. I would love to know when you are traveling and you're looking at where to stay, do you like to stay in hotels? Do you like to stay in Airbnbs or Verbos or like, where do you, besides Croatia, obviously we were staying at your family home, where do you like to stay?
1: I actually, when I'm traveling solo, I always stay in a hotel. If I'm with, you know, my boyfriend or friends, I always prefer an Airbnb or an apartment rental. I don't know if it's just me. I just, you know, or even if I'm staying in Airbnb alone and I have a friend locally, I'll bring them with me to check in just so it doesn't seem like I'm alone. But yeah, I always prefer if I'm traveling solo, I always prefer to stay in a hotel. But if I'm traveling with a group or another person, I love getting an apartment. I love being there in the local city. I love going to the grocery store and getting groceries and filling the fridge for the week or however long that I'm there. I feel like it's such a great way to kind of immerse yourself in the local culture and local community. If I'm by myself, definitely staying in a a hotel. Do you have a favorite hotel? I don't know if this sounds bougie, but I'm a Soho House member. So I love, yeah. love staying in a Soho House. And luckily, I, you know, I feel like all the cities that I find myself in, there is always a Soho House, mm-hmm. you know, around. Um, but if there isn't, definitely try and go to that type of vibe hotel, something yeah. small, boutique-y. While I do love racking up the points and using the points and being a loyal member of an airline, I really don't have a preference to a hotel chain. So I'm not that person that's, you know, chasing my Bonvoy points, but I'll usually try and, and find something small, quaint, with a lot of charm um, and just like easier to get in and out, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay. So my final question is, we have a lot of listeners here who are, you know, in the world of media, they're in hospitality, you know, they're, they're sort of ranging across the board, but I think a lot of our listeners too are, you know, interested about getting into their career in media or public relations. So if you were to give some advice to somebody's kind of just starting out, what would you say to them about, you know, finding your path and doing the work and how to be successful?
1: You know, young kids ask me this question a lot. And I think my piece of advice is always like, say hello to everybody in the room and stay in touch. Network. You can meet somebody one day out of college and never think that you're ever going to run into that person again. Ten years down the line, you'll probably need them or they'll need you for something or maybe they're hiring you for a job or vice versa. Work that room. Say hello to everybody. Keep a genuine relationship with, you know, a person that you instantly hit it off with or or LinkedIn LinkedIn and Instagram follow and Facebook follow. And, you know, even if you don't talk to that person for 10 years, you know, always wish them and post on their Facebook walls, happy birthday. Like this industry is so small, no matter where you live in London, LA, Toronto, New York, you're always going to find those people or come across them in the future. So I think that's always my number one piece of advice, you know nobody, even if they're junior to you today, they could be senior to you, um, you know, down the line someday, keep good relationships with everybody that you meet because you'll definitely come across them again.
0: Yeah. No, that's really, it's really true. Yeah. And I think too, I think, you know, your reputation
1: always follows you, you know, it's like as a journalist, as a publicist, as, you know, I think in any field, your reputation is, is like number one, you always want to keep that up. So just always make sure that you're honest and, and kind to everyone.
0: Yeah, no, it's 100% true. It's all you have to stand on. That's really what you have. Totally. Well, it was so great to catch up with you. Thank and you. hear all of your success. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy to hear all the amazing things you're doing. And I know that our listeners are going to really enjoy having access to you and your perspective. It's so unique. And we um, can't wait to see what happens with Famous Last Words PR.
1: Well, thank you. It's great talking to you today.
0: All right. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Bye. Bye.